notes are marked return to sender I'll save this letter for myself I wish you only knew good it is to see little love song for the listeners of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. The Foo Fighters leading you into the look edition of, or excuse me, the C edition of The Heart, a companion to the look edition, which I believe uh, we did on day one of our end of year fun drive. Today is day four, and uh it's awesome that um, we end up having look and see as uh, uh, tracks to lead into our video uh, performances live from Studio 51 here on Hill Street in Southampton. Uh, Mick Hargraves joining us in uh, Studio 51 at the bottom of the next hour to help uh, pitch the importance of public broadcasting. If you want to let us know why you support public radio and public television, our agents are standing by to take your comments alongside your matchable donation to Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Thanks to the Board of Trustees matching all donations dollar for dollar up to 100 thousand dollars at WLIWFM.org or by phone at 800-262-0717. There is no shortage of programming, both national and local, that you can find here on the 88.3 section of your FM dial or 
uh, 96.9 if you are a bit up island, central and western Suffolk County, corresponding sections of Connecticut. Of course, we stream online to wherever you are at WLIWFM.org. And we always have new programming. I know in the past year or so, we've added behind the headlines as well as uh, Joe Loro's um, uh, American Grooves Radio Hour. Uh, other local programs that you can find here, Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired, uh, the Jam Session Radio Hour, uh, Freeform Radio. Uh, we've got uh, Broadway to Main Street. We have the Saturday Night Sock Hop. We have Sports Interview with Anne Liguori. Uh We have um, uh, Dog Talk. It's really like, and not to mention, uh, you've got Michael Mackey in the morning. You've got uh, Brian Cosgrove in the afternoon and overnight. You've got Ed German uh, with the Urban Jazz Experience and Friday Night Soul at Night. And uh, a big thank you to those who come see about me, uh, 9 in the morning and midnight. Uh, I'll play a little Supremes for you to put the fun back in fun drive. But I do really hope that folks out there who haven't already done so will answer the call by making the call to keep a great thing growing here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, all because of you, the listener supporter, making their donation right now to WLIWFM.org or by phone at 800 262 
Little Supremes on WLIWFM. Bill Haley and his comments. Uh, then the Temptations on deck. Johnny Nash, Neil Young, and uh, then Long Island's Bill Scorzari. We have Henry Osmers joining us at the bottom of the hour to talk a little bit about the Montauk Point Lighthouse. I'm hoping it's going to be the first of a series because there's so much to talk about when it comes to Montauk Point Light up on Turtle Hill. I'm Jenna Volpe. It is day four of our end-of-year fund drive where we are matching all donations made to WLIWFM.org or by phone at 800-262-0717, dollar for dollar, up to $100,000. But I did want to just take a moment and just, uh, I don't know, uh, ask that folks just be very careful through the holiday season. I think this part of the year, uh, people get obviously very busy with shopping and prepping and, and all that stuff. Uh, the roads have been crazy as far as folks, you know, not so much paying attention. And and there's been a lot of stuff going on and, and a lot of sad things happening. As far as uh, home safety, I've heard of at least three fires very recently, Bridgehampton right here in Southampton and up in Roslyn. Uh, so uh, just be very, very careful out there. And thank you, thank you to all of the first responders, uh, EMTs, fire, police, uh, for keeping us safe and uh, helping to uh, stem the tide of of such horrible things happening. Of course, uh, thank you also to all the nonprofits out there helping those who are food insecure, um, financially insecure, uh, don't have a roof over their head. Uh, we did give a tip of the hat to Maureen's Haven out there. And of course, we spoke to uh, Gerald Anthony from Open Arms Food Pantry down in Riverhead. Lots of organizations that help us. Uh, actually, I just saw a great post from Tim Bialeski yesterday talking about uh, the Mattituck Lions Club. So a tip of the hat to him, and I I believe his name is Rob Nine. I think that's the other uh, chairman of that um, organization's drive that helped uh, seniors and and other folks uh, that might need a little extra love through the holidays. Thank you to all of you out there helping your neighbors to stay safe or get safe um, and get through. I'm Gianna Volpe, the humble host of The Heart, and I am grateful to present all those people, give the platform to uh, people like those I just mentioned, uh, and make sure that we, uh, you know, help one another. It is a, a time of giving, and we hope that you, uh, if you if you have anything uh, to give, that you can help us to continue to get the message out there from all of these wonderful people and nonprofits, local businesses, etc. WLIWFM.org, the safe and secure website to do so, or call 800-262-0717. If you're able to meet the $120 one-time mark or become a subscribing member like Gerald Anthony, who we spoke with yesterday, at $10 monthly, we have some extra uh, good stuff. And in addition to the commercial free content, we bring you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You get access to Passport, which is a streaming service that has thousands of hours of PBS 
programming, great Ken Burns documentaries, Downton Abbey, lots of of British uh, crime shows and and whatnot, Um, as well as a gift. You can choose either a pair of our WLIWFM coffee mugs, uh, the thermal water bottle, which I'm holding in my hot little hands right now, uh, or our large roomy canvas tote bag. The choice is yours, and I do hope you're choosing uh, us right now. WLIWFM.org or call 800-262-0717. I'm Jenna Volpe. This is Bill Haley and his comments. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, especially those of you who are donating right now to WLIWFM.org. Well, I saw my baby walking with another man today. Well, I saw my baby walking with another man today. When I asked her what's the matter, this is what I heard her say. See you later, alligator. She told me Pretty daddy You know my love is just for you She said I'm sorry Pretty daddy You know my love is just for you Won't you say That you'll forgive me And say your love for me is true I said Wait a minute daddy Later, Alligator, this whole playlist planned to wrap around Mick Hargraves. See what uh we see what you can make with this. He's here. He's he's getting ready. See what you can make with this, I think is what the track is 
called. You'll hear it at the bottom of the next hour. We've got Henry Osmers joining us in just a little bit. Uh, we've got the temptations. I want a love I can see. And if that's how you feel about us, well, guess what? You can see us anytime on WLIWFM.org. There's a nifty tab that says Studio 51 that has all of our live in-studio performances. You're going to get one this morning at the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour, just after 1 o'clock if you're listening to the replay. Uh, So Temptations, I Want a Love I Can See, Johnny Nash, I Can See Clearly Now, and then Neil Young, See the Sky, About to Rain. I did plan to read the news in Montauk this morning in honor of Henry Osmers joining us in just a few minutes here. Uh, Rain today mainly after 4 p.m. high near 51 degrees. Wow, very warm. East wind 10 to 18 miles per hour rain tonight with thunderstorms also possible after 1 a.m. Temperature rising to around 52 degrees by 5 a.m. Dang, windy with an east wind 24 to 34 miles per hour gusts as high as 49 miles per hour. That must be that bomb cyclone situation that my mom was Speaking to me about uh, coming at us for this weekend, again, another reminder, please do stay safe out there. It's 41 degrees right now, and it is also day four of our end-of-year matching board challenge where our board of trustees have agreed to match all donations pledged to WLIWFM.org or by phone at 800-262-0717 dollar for dollar up to our $100,000 fundraising goal. So that's a great way uh, to get that up and off island money right here on the East End Going to work for you, the East End community. Community is what we are all about. Uh, I I am, that's pretty much what this entire show is about. Speaking of which, I'm just going to check. Hey, hey, Henry, are you on the line Hello. with us? Hi. I'm here. Is this, is this Henry is Osmers, this, is the this one Gianna? and only? It sure is. How are you doing? Oh, great. How are you? You know what? I am so grateful to have you on the air with us. Today is Wednesday, so that means it's the Wednesday Works segment underwritten by... Oh, wait, it's Thursday. It's the Thoughtful... Yeah, it is Thursday. (laughs) Excuse me, it's the Thoughtful Thursday segment, and I am so grateful to have a local author, as per usual, on Thursday mornings, uh, underwritten by Green Hill Kitchen. Uh, Your book, one of your books, is on Eagle's Beak, A History of the Montauk Point Lighthouse, now, you became a tour director uh, at, or you became a tour, a weekend tour guide in 2001. You're now the tour director, lighthouse historian, archivist, and ass- assistant site manager of what, almost 23 years now? Or more? Almost uh, yeah, I'm just finishing up 22 years. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, everything you mentioned is true, except... Uh, I'm not an assistant uh, site manager, but I do help out the administration. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, we especially appreciate the book. Now, I- I'm I'm curious off the bat, do you think, Henry, we could make this a bit of a series and have uh, multiple conversations about this book and about Montauk Point Lighthouse through 2023? Sure. Great, because uh, as much as I love your book— I got it in person, and I ran into a little bit of an issue, which is that I usually read the books at at 5 a.m., 
and uh, with my guy sleeping next to me and the baby sleeping out in the living room, I had the phone open and I could only get through the first three chapters, which I think brings us up to 1861 in the Lighthouse's history. So uh, I want to go all the way back, but um, first I'd like to move a little bit forward in time and just talk about you and and your love of the lighthouse and also how how uh you came upon it because i think it's it's one of these beautiful stories where it's sort of as it should be you you love this lighthouse and we're grateful that uh you are the person that that gives people tours about it and tells them tells them about it and takes care helps take care of it well uh yeah it goes back to when I was <clears throat> about seven years old and uh, I, I went out to the lighthouse with my parents at that time. And uh, I guess the first time I saw it, I just got the image. And uh, years later when I was old enough to drive, you know, I started making some trips out there on my own. And uh, over the years, you know the just coming just being out there was just so meaningful for me because of the connections with family and friends and ultimately my wife and kids yes. and finally in 2001 uh, I had heard that they were looking for tour guides and I didn't live locally out there I live in Shirley so you know it was a, it was a bit of a, a ride and I thought the job was volunteer because a lot of museums are. But when I went out for the interview, uh, they hired me right there. And uh, then the director at the time said to me, okay, here's how much you're going to make. And I said to him, excuse me? He, said, he says, yeah. He says, you get paid to work here. I thought, oh, that was a good thing. And after just being there for a couple of weekends, uh, they had asked me if I wanted to be the tour director. Uh, I had taught years ago, and uh, I like talking to people, so um, I guess they thought I, I might be good for that spot. So I started to give some uh, group tours, and eventually, over the next few years, I, I really started to delve into the history of the lighthouse. And I, I said to my wife one night, I said, you know, the history out there is so fascinating. I said, I'm surprised no one ever wrote a book about it. And that's when she said to me, why don't you? And, thus and at first I kind of blew, I kind of blew it off. I figured now nah, I'm not a writer. And then I said, you know, why not? And <laughs> I started doing the research and, uh, in 2008, that's when the Eagles Beat came out, uh, the first edition. Uh, the one that you have uh, <clears throat> was done, uh, I believe it was 2018, because uh, there was more to the story that had to be told, including the lighthouse becoming a National Historic Landmark. And I wanted that information uh, known to the public if they didn't know it already. That was in 2012. Now, you, you mentioned the research. There's a fabulous amount of research uh, you just need to look at the bibliography or really even read one page and as far as not being a writer you sure could fool me this was a beautifully written piece of historical fact um 
I loved the also the note about going out there with your parents for the first time in what fifty seven from Elmont, and how uh, yes that moment where your father gives you his camera and that's the first photograph that you ever took was of your parents in front of the lighthouse. I just uh, it was such a beautiful moment. It was. Uh, I, I have vague, very, very vague uh, memories of that. Uh, I was just happy the picture came out so well. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think I probably was a little excited, maybe a little nervous. I was hoping I wouldn't shake. You know, I I wanted I want to go back to 1791 when Tenchcox is surveying the land to find a suitable spot for the lighthouse after the Second Congress of the United States kickstarts the process. Skipper Joseph Anthony chiming in about uh, the point and Turtle Hill. I loved what I think was a former spelling of Montauk, appearing almost like the spelling of Shakespeare's famous family, the Montagues. And I I had a question about um, the actual act, because you put some, you put the historic document in there signed by Thomas Jefferson, who was then Secretary of State, uh, bearing the names of Jonathan Trumbull, John Adams, and George Washington. Uh, and I was curious about why most of the S's, but not all, are replaced with F's. Was there like a problem with that key or something? Well, you know, that question comes up pretty frequently. And uh, I remember a few years back, <clears throat> we had uh, a professor from Oxford University uh, visiting, and we figured, well, let's put the question to him because if he, he probably would know. Now, his explanation uh, to me didn't hold much water, but because he just said they, it was just the style of writing at the time, and that they interchanged the two letters. Huh. Uh, see that. Yeah, I mean, it, it it just doesn't sound like it would be the a good reason, but, you know, I, to be honest, I've never really pursued it. Uh, I There were times I did try to look it up. I couldn't really find anything. Uh, yeah. So I've always gone with what this professor had told us. I feel like the funniest moment of the early history is when the French government sent a new... Fresnel uh, lens for Montauk Light, and it was placed in a warehouse, I, I, I presume forgotten about, purchased for $70 at auction, and subsequently sold back to the government for $900 before it was then put into Montauk Light. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, so it, it, it certainly seems like the, somebody dropped the ball somewhere along the way there, and uh, but fortunately, it ultimately made its way to the light. Uh, it was actually, uh, I believe, uh, on exhibition in uh, Chicago for a time. They had this annual uh, exhibition, and uh, that was an example of the Fresnel lenses that were made in France. And people were quite impressed with them, uh, especially with the uh, uh, the ability of the the lens to uh, really Project. accentuate the light. Right. Uh, and all you needed was a single source of light at that time. So 
the lens really did the work. All those prisms just enhanced the light and made it much more powerful. I learned a lot from this book, uh, particularly about Ezra. I don't know how to how to pronounce his last name. It's French. Le Homme-Dieu? Oh, Lom-Dieu. Lom-Dieu. All right, Ezra Lom-Dieu. Yeah, he was from Southwood, yeah, right? It supposedly means uh, man of God. Oh, so he was the surveyor. And I learned that he helped draft the New York State Constitution and that his first wife was... Oh, a... yeah, he had a lot of... Uh, he, he had... He had a lot of strings to the bow. I mean, he was uh, quite the quite the person and very influential. Uh, a, a patriot during the revolution, a personal friend of uh, Washington, and uh, the Chamber of Commerce in New York uh, selected him to go out to Montauk to uh, just basically survey the area and select a spot that he thought was most suitable to put a lighthouse. Right. He charged $18.25, which seemed like a lot to me, but that was only because I was comparing it with uh, Congress at first greenlighting $255.12 to purchase the land. So it seemed like a lot, but then, you know, then it seemed like pittance when you uh, looked at the 20000 that they set aside for building the tower I mean, it's it's unbelievable that uh, Montauk Light stands, uh, considering not only, um, well, really the the location and how how much um, erosion has occurred up on Turtle Hill over the years. Uh, I well, was, you know, you have to look not just the erosion problem, but you got to look at the way the tower was constructed. I mean, the from the base up. I mean, from the base, it, it was the walls were seven feet thick, uh, and on uh, floor level, it's six feet, and it goes all the way up to the top where it's about a foot and a half. So it, it was really built to last, as they say. Yeah, and then like thir- so it, thirteen. As long as feet- the erosion could be contained, which right. uh, fortunately it has been, uh, that tower will stand for. A, <laughs> you'd like to think forever. I mean, it was just built so solidly. 13 feet into the ground, right? Yes. I was I was surprised to read that the erosion of the bank at Montauk Point was more the result of rains than the ocean, as per uh, O.C. Luther. Uh, it, <clears throat> it, was, it, it actually was a combination of different, different forms of weather. I mean, rain is the thing, you know, a lot of people may think of, but it's also the wind out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when the uh, ground gets wet after a rain or snow uh, and dries, it, it can start to flake. And if uh, wind hits it, you know, it's kind of wisping that soil away and to the point where you're losing uh, probably about a 40 years, which seems to be the average. That's unbelievable. Hey. But you had almost 300 feet between the tower and the edge when it was built. And today you're probably talking about 90, 90, 95 feet. I want to do one of our, you know, if we're going to do a series, I definitely want to devote one segment entirely to uh, the erosion at Montauk Point and on Turtle Hill. Um, But I do want to bring it back because we're probably over time. We definitely have to talk about the importance of public broadcasting. But before we do that, uh, I want to bring it to today, to 2022, going into 20, 
23. I know there's been a lot of restoration work going on at the lighthouse. So uh, I wanted to yes. I wanted to talk about the process up till now and then what's coming in 2023 as far as that work is concerned. Well, as we speak, the, uh, the new seawall is just about completed. They, they started working on it in April of last year. So you figure that's about, about a little over a year and a half of uh, work to, uh, in, to bring in over 100,000 tons of boulders and, other, and rocks of all different sizes to fashion this new seawall which ran about maybe 12, 1400 feet all around point, like wow. a wraparound. And they had, they, they had built a seawall there in the nineties, which uh, consisted of only 28,000 tons, which in and of itself sounds like a, a lot of rock. But when you sub bump it up to over a hundred thousand, this is major. It, it's an army Corps of engineers project. Uh, they were pretty much on schedule all through the, the, the work uh, there's a member of our society. His name is Greg Donahue. Uh, he is our uh, rock expert. I mean, he, he was involved in the uh, original uh, terracing uh, that Georgina Reed uh, built into the side of the uh, bluff back in the 70s and in, in the 80s. And uh, I think uh, with Greg, it just got into his blood. I mean, he, he just uh, he's just so devoted and passionate about the... Uh, the project. Uh, so he's kind of like our uh, liaison between uh, the Montauk Historical Society and the Army Corps. And he gives us monthly reports on how well we're doing, how, how the project is advancing. And with here and there, you have made a few setbacks, but overall, it, it progressed very, very well. Hugely important stuff. Let's turn our attention to the tower. How has the painting been going? Is it all finished? Uh, they they are just about completed uh, repairing surface cracks. And the the plant that they've they've halted the work now because it's uh, just too cold. Mm-hmm. But they will start up again in the spring, complete that last bit of repair, and then when the weather is sufficiently warm, uh, they will apply this new coat of. Uh, highly weather-resistant paint, Uh, but the tower has to be painted as it was before because that is the characteristic of the lighthouse, and that is the way it's indicated on uh, navigational charts. So you can't can't change the pattern. Right, especially if it's a a historic landmark as it is. Uh, That's the thing we always have to keep in mind. I mean, there are only 12 lighthouses in the whole country that have that distinction. So we we are on a, a high level. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. One of a dozen. And uh, and one That's of the right. f- and one of the first. So so uh, well, first in the state of New York at least. Oh yeah. And the fourth oldest think, in continuous operation in the yes, whole country. Yes, fourth continuous, and I think it was like something like the fourteenth or something, as far as as ones. That it, were, it was about yeah in that vicinity in terms of uh, you know chronology, right? In terms of when lighthouses were built. It's just amazing. It's amazing that it stands and it's and it's beautiful and you know it's it's something that's very special. On my, I think I have some sand from the point in a bobble. 
that I purchased, uh, I believe from from the from the lighthouse, uh, that little cafe uh, attached or or nearby um, that I I've I've saved over the years, just because it's so special. It's and and I'm grateful that someone who really loves it is there um, as a shepherd. Henry, before I let you go and and we uh, look forward to having you back to talk more about Eagle's Beak and Montauk Point Light, it is our end-of-year fun drive here at WLIWFM. So I'm just curious about, uh, you know, your uh, history and feelings about public broadcasting, about NPR, and about the importance of having an NPR affiliate right here in our own backyard on the East End. Well, you know, not not being that familiar with uh, public TV, I mean, I, I think it, it's a it's a great form because I think it bring uh, real human interest stories to the public. I mean, uh, especially like you know places right here in our own backyard, like the lighthouse, uh, and uh, hopefully that you know these sorts of uh, programs can. Uh, you know, cause people to uh, want to visit these places, or, or at least at the very least, uh, maybe research about it, learn about it, and uh, maybe have an, a, more of an appreciation. That's what for, it's for the, all about. Places like the lighthouse. That's what it's all about. Uh, Henry's one of Henry's books is on Eagle's Beak: A History of the Montauk Point Lighthouse. Ask your local bookstore to order a copy if you can't find it on the shelves. Uh, I'm going to play a little Johnny Nash. And I'm going to look forward wishing you, Henry, uh, the very best to you and yours through the holiday season. We will have you back. Well, the same to you, and thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. The the pleasure is all ours. Uh, Johnny Nash, Henry Osmers, myself, and you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM, to support conversations like these and the Thoughtful Thursday segment underwritten by Green Hill Kitchen, currently booked through February. Uh, donate right now to WLIWFM.org or call 800-262-0717. And from the bottom of the heart of the East End, thank you. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all
sky about to rain Broken clouds and
A little Neil Young. See the sky about to rain from the 1974 record On the Beach. And fear not, the rain is still several hours away here on the East End. I'm Jenna Volpe. We've got um, Long Island's own Bill Scorzari ahead of KT Tunstall leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour. Uh, this one is For When I Didn't See from Through These Waves, a 2017 record um, and a big nod to everyone donating right now to WLIWFM.org and calling 800 262 0717 and adding in their comment, which uh, our agents are standing by to take from you what local artist, musician, and or musician they are donating in honor of. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Phil Scorzari and you, whoever you are out there, you are the awesome listener supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station making your matchable donation to WLIWFM.org or calling 800-262-0717 to keep the 88.3 and 96.9 sections of your FM dial uh, playing local music. Losing sight of the wrong from right in my heart tonight. You came to me with a shining bright light. I said, You can take my light. Hell, you can take my light so you can see tonight. Now I'll always be just as blind as a blind man can be. Don't you see? Help me say things all differently And I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry for when I wouldn't see I'm sorry I'm sorry for when I wouldn't see I planted some seed from the palm of my hand then the seed began to embrace the land, now that's where it stands. Then when the season was changing again, I just shook its hand till I could walk the land planting seeds again. Now I'll always be just as blind as a blind man can be. Don't you see? Help me say things all differently. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for when I couldn't see. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for when I couldn't. 
see things all differently And I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry when I didn't see I'm sorry I'm sorry when I didn't see I'm sorry I'm sorry See her eyes looking from the page of a 